It's time for the Crunch Time Plays Podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, y'all? Liv Moose here. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hopping back into Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I just can't thank you enough. I'm very excited to, to introduce today's guest. You can find her. On, she's the host of Lunch Money on EliteSportsBetting.com, and that's that's Claudia Bellafato. Claudia, what's going on? And thanks so much for coming on today. Hey, Ben, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, you're welcome, and it's a pleasure to have you. And I want to want to start by by talking a little bit of NFL draft with you. I know we we just had the draft over the weekend, and and so I know you're you're in 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 Boston again now. And so I was going to ask you about Mac Jones, and and would it be possible for him? to start for the Patriots this season? Because I'm one of those people that thinks that, that maybe you start the year with Cam Newton and then maybe about halfway through when Mac Jones is ready, you can kind of squeeze him in there to the starting role. Yeah, I agree. I see that happening. I don't think it hurts at all. Mac Jones is, he's with us, you know, for a while. We only have Cam for a year. So I don't see why they wouldn't have Jones kind of sit back and watch and if Cam does what he did last year, then I'm sure we'll throw Jones in there. Um, I think people are being way too negative about us scooping up back Jones. We were not expected to. I'm still shocked that he dropped that low. I mean, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks we had in that draft. I get it. He's not as comfortable on his feet, but, and I'm sure I'll, I'll get reamed out by saying this, but he kind of has like a Brady-esque confidence in terms of pocket presence and awareness. So, we made all these moves in free agency and, you know, Bill made, it seems like he really had a plan when it came to the draft, although people kind of say he didn't, I'm sure he did. Uh, But I think the way he pieced things around Jones, I'm going to say the Pats were winners when it came to the draft. I don't know if we'll see Jones right off the bat, um, but I was surprised to see him go so low. And the fact that we got him, I'm excited. I always say I have faith in Cam Newton and I would love to say I have more faith than I did last year, but I was like gung-ho. I was talking him up. And the first few games, I was like, okay, maybe. And then if you watched any of the Patriots games, we clearly fell off. Uh, So, yeah, don't think we'll see Jones right off the bat, but you never know. I'm sure Newton has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Well, I definitely thought the the Patriots were definitely one of the winners of the draft. I know we're going to get to that here in in a second. But I wanted to ask you about a a guy that that is certainly a loser uh, in the draft, and, and that was Aaron Rodgers, of course, the Packers. Again, to decide not to not to draft any help for him except for yeah. round three where they went and got Amari Rodgers from Clemson, which I think is an outstanding player. But but yeah. you gotta you gotta think that that Aaron Rodgers has has possibly played his last games for Green Bay. But when you think about his place in in kind of Packers quarterback history, I was doing a research the other day. Apparently, Bart yeah. Star, Bart Starr and Brett Favre had completed. 16 seasons with the Packers that that's the record and Aaron Rodgers just completed his 16th season with the Packers but I don't know if he's going to get a 17th season it's so tough to I mean I don't know if he did specific with that timing to come out and say that he didn't want to be there but when you think about locker room presence that's why I, I would say that they're the biggest losers when it comes to the draft just because when you have a quarterback that doesn't want to be there everyone around him is going to play with less energy 
they're not going to want to be there either because that's the cap, you know, that's the main guy on the team. And when, you know, he doesn't want to be there, it's like, okay, so what are we playing for? Um, So I'm surprised they didn't, you know, make different decisions when it came to like, they passed by guys when it came to corner and center plays, instead of picking up guys who were supposed to be picked next, they went otherwise and, I, they confused me during the draft and I try not to go too much into it because the biggest thing for me was focusing on Rodgers and kind of ex- trying to guess what's going to happen next. Cause they don't want that. They're talking about not letting him go. You know, we're not going to trade him, but he's like, well, I want to be traded. <laughs> so what do you really do in that kind of situation? And it's going to be weird to see him go. Cause I thought he would spend his whole career there. Um, but I also thought Brady would spend his whole career with the Patriots. So I guess that just happens. That's life. That's sports for you. Yeah, I mean, really so. And then one, one thing about Mac Jones too that I that I thought about was he he's kind of got the the mind of Tom Brady. I mean, he's not he, he you know obviously he's not the most mobile guy, but he, he seems he seems to to win at the line of scrimmage kind of with his mind. Yeah, yeah, he's got like I said, he seems really confident in the pocket, and you've seen how Bill can coach, especially to have a guy like that. Like Cam and Brady were just completely different quarterbacks. And now you have Jones, who I mentioned does kind of reflect Brady's play. If Belichick can kind of coach him up, not to be Tom Brady, but he's already kind of comfortable with that type of player. So I, I'm I'm confident and I'm positive. That's all I'm going to say. I know a lot of Patriots insiders and a lot of Boston sports reporters were saying how much they hated that pick, but... Boston people are too negative, so I'm going to say that I'm excited for Jones. Welcome home, Jones. Welcome to New England. I mean, we just we just we just live in this negative world now, you know. It's, but it, know. it's not a big deal. But I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to get into the to the winners and losers, a couple winners and losers with you, both teams and as well as individuals, and start off with the with the winners. I thought I thought the Panthers really had a nice draft. They addressed a lot of needs with with JC Horn and. Mm-hmm. in the secondary and then you you get Sam Darnold some help as well which I thought was a big winner of uh, the draft and drafting Terrence Marshall in the second round and then also drafting Shai Smith there in the sixth round which I thought was a, a really good steal coming out of South mm-hmm. Carolina and then I thought the Bears had a nice night had a nice draft with Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins and then the the Jets like I know Sam Darnold like he has to be really mad at the Jets because they they fi- they they finally get they get their franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson and all of a sudden they think it's a good idea to actually you know build some pieces around him which is what they didn't do with Sam Darnold. Yeah, it's brutal, and the problem coming in to the NFL when you have so much hype around you is that people are waiting for you to mess up. So I think when Darnold didn't live up to his expectations but like you said it wasn't his fault because you need to have the pieces around you you could be the best quarterback in the league but if you don't have the pieces around you you're not going to perform like you could so I agree he's probably pissed and it's going to be interesting to see how all these dynamics work out like we just mentioned Jones and Newton kind of seeing how the coaches because you don't want to offend your current quarterback even if they are only in it for a year you know they can get messy and I'm glad I would never have to be in a position like that, but I agree. Darnold's probably pissed. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I always want to see him be successful too. Not that I'm a fan of that team, but uh, you know, you always kind of root for the dog. So. Yeah. I mean, I do too. I mean, I think he's, he's going into, to a big time uh, situation. I think he's going to a lot better situation uh, with Joe Brady and Matt rule in Carolina. And then mm-hmm. I, I had a couple other winners I had the Browns uh, drafting Greg Newsom. 
and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Yeah. And then they also drafted Anthony Swartz, who is a really speedy guy uh, in the slot there from Auburn. And I've, I've seen a lot of people say the Ravens didn't have that great of a draft, but but I thought two two picks really stood out to me and Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace. Those are some really guys that can stretch the field for Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson actually trying to throw the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because the Ravens seem like the one team that I didn't really hear much of, whether it was, you know, I did some pre-draft shows for betting. Uh, Bateman was a huge one. I had a lot of guys take him. You know, there's so many prop plays you can do when it comes to betting. Like, I'm going to say he gets drafted in the first round. I had one guy specifically say before the 28th pick for Bateman. Um, so that's a big pickup. But yeah, it's strange that I feel like we didn't hear a lot of their names. Most people usually focus on like the first obviously the first round, but kind of like the first 10 picks. And because all the quarterbacks went first, that's kind of where people had the most focus on. Um, but I think they definitely improved. I wouldn't say they're a loser. No, definitely not. But I want to yeah. get to, I want to get to the losers. Obviously you can start out with the Texans considering they only had a handful of picks and they're pretty much a kind of a dumpster fire in Houston right now. <laughs> and then I had the, I had the Cowboys down as a loser. And I didn't really think, they addressed a lot of their needs. I mean, Micah Parsons was a was a really nice pickup in the first round. Although I did find it interesting that Jerry Jones in the interview said that guys who opted out of last college football season were compromised players, and yet with the twelfth pick, he goes out and picks a guy that didn't play college football last year. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think some coaches have been having hot takes lately. (laughs) I think it is really hard to base anything off of what happened the past year because, first of all, these guys are young. Second of all, it's not like they don't want to play, but if they know that they could potentially be going to the NFL the next year, there's a lot of moving factors that go into it. Um, I don't know what he really meant about that comment. Like you said, it was kind of – what's the word that I'm thinking of? Not coincidental contradicting (laughs) I'm like which word am I looking for contradicting uh but he did it and so that's kind of the funny thing is you can talk whatever game you want but the actions are going to be most important I also don't know how much pressure when it comes down to the draft and this is the fun thing with betting too is like oh well this insider said that the coach knows this Shanahan knows what he wants and then it's like no one really knows and do we really know if they even know because when it comes down to it people are trading up during the draft so when you have those few minutes to actually make a decision, yeah, I'm sure they're going to say some things they don't mean beforehand, but it comes down to it. Their actions show uh, what they truly feel, I think. One thing that I thought was a point that that needed to be mentioned was about the guy, about Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater that, that opted out last year. Mm. But the, you know, the Big Ten, they, they, they kind of squalled early. They're like, oh, we're not playing. And then some other conferences decided to play the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC. And then all of a sudden, you you can't really blame the guys for opting out because we don't, they didn't even know if they were going to play this year. And then when the Mm -hmm. Big 10 finally decided to play, they're like, well, I'm already preparing for the draft. I might as well just go ahead and sit out. Yeah, it was such a mess. I I was at with the Gators. I was working in Gainesville, so it was kind of the same situation watching the SEC. It's like every day, what's going to happen? And then it went from between the stadium capacity and the length of the seasons, and then these guys are coming in. Well, this guy played this many games. This guy played that many games. Like, look at their tape, I guess. It's just so hard to base everything off of last year, especially with some of the younger guys. So um, I agree. Last year was just a... Part of my French, but it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. But another 
another loser at the alt was interesting um, in terms of players was uh, was the combo f- from Pittsburgh. Benny Snell ran the ball pretty well for the the Steelers mm-hmm. last year after after James Conner went out, and then Anthony McFarland did as well. But got Najee Harris coming in now. I think he's more than capable of taking over that starting role from those two. Oh, absolutely. He's NFL ready. I think that's the thing with a lot of these impressive players coming in, like Fields and Jones. Everyone is nitpicking them, of course, because they were at the top of the list. Um, but a guy like him, I think he's big, first of all. He's fast. He's strong. Um, I see him being NFL ready 100%, which I don't see about all of these players, but he's ready to go. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I did too. And well, another another winner that I forgot to mention was Justin Herbert. I thought they did a a really good job around him drafting drafting Rashawn Slater and then getting mm-hmm. a, a couple nice weapons for him in uh, McKitty from Georgia and then um, uh, Josh Palmer from Tennessee. They did a really good job getting him some weapons. Yeah, I agree, and I I have a long list of winners that I kind of pair together. Like when I talk about, if we're talking about weapons and additions, bringing together former college teammates. And I don't think we've really touched on this enough, but that's kind of how I ranked my winners. Uh, like you look at the Bengals, you got Jamar Chase, Burrow, Dolphins, Tua, Waddle, Devontae Smith back with Hurts. But when you look at the Jags, which I know they were kind of like the most talked about before the draft started, but at the end to Trevor Lawrence, if you're talking about weapons and specifically weapons of guys who you've played with before, any form of familiarity or regularity is only going to elevate the player. So you mentioned for different teams adding weapons. Yes, that's huge. And you would think that's the number one thing they're looking for if they don't need a quarterback in the draft is finding the receivers for them, um, you know, or O-line, depending on where you need to fill the void. But I don't know. The the Lawrence and the Etienne pick for me is huge because Etienne's not just, you know, he, he can play in the passing game as well as the running game, which the Jags really needed last year. They came dead last in, or nearly dead last in both. Um, so for Lawrence, you know, when he's in the pocket, even though he's one of the most comfortable quarterbacks in that position, you're so much more comfortable, even if it's subconscious, if you're playing with a guy who you just played with for four seasons. So I would say the Jags came out as the biggest winners. Um, but any other team, if you filled much needed roles like a receiver or an alignment, um, I agree. That's huge. Yeah. One Winner things, in my book. One of the things that I equated that to, and I, I may have said this on another show, but, but with all those reunions we we're talking about, I kind of, equate that to being your emotional support animal or emotional support pet. Like I see you know, like ETN is, is Trevor Lawrence's emotional support animal. Like he's a yep. security blanket. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And if you've played any sport, like I played three sports growing up, but especially basketball and I would have like an AAU team and I would have my high school team. And the fact that you know, AAU was kind of a big turnaround in terms of players. It's just completely different versus playing with the same girls for four years. Uh, there's totally a different level of comfort, being comfortable, but the emotional parts of it too. Because when you're down, you need someone to lift you up. Like I always say, locker room mentality is the biggest thing. And that kind of sets the tone for the team um, heading into any game. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And moving kind of away from the NFL, I saw the thing yesterday that I wanted to bring up with you. It's the, the college football early national championship uh, odds. 
And it's, it's never too early to start talking about this. But <laughs> the one thing I thought that was interesting was Georgia at a plus 1,000 there. I, I really do think that, that Georgia is a team that, and I know you, being from Florida, I know you're, you're used to, to hating Georgia, but <laughs> I thought it was a, thought it was really nice. Uh, thought it was really good odds there. I always say if you're confused on why the odds are the way they are, that means jump on it because eventually the market's going to catch up and people are going to catch up and those odds will not be there forever. That was the thing with the draft is you would see guys as huge favorite or huge dogs. And well, the draft's different because that moves drastically. Um, But I agree. I'm surprised. I haven't done too much looking into futures for that uh which i should but i'm so busy with baseball right now <laughs> but i would say if you're confused by it jump on it if it's plus money always yeah and and the last thing i got for you is is some betting advice uh, and again we're here with claudia belafato she does an incredible job a host of lunch money but what are what are some of the different the two major sports we've got going on right now is is mlb and the nba i know you cover a lot of that on your show but what are the what are a couple of the main differences in embedding NBA and Major League Baseball? I know for the NBA, you kind of want to focus on maybe some player props and Major League Baseball. Yep. A lot of the over unders, money lines uh, seem to be the play. But what are yep. what are some of the differences between the two and, and a couple teams uh, from each league that are really hot right now that folks can take advantage of betting on? Yeah, so. I'll start by saying NBA is definitely easier to bet. Well, I guess it's tough. If you watch baseball, then baseball is a ton of fun to bet because it just adds an extra layer of excitement. Um, And I would say it's easier in terms of it's a money line sport. Rarely do my guys look at the run line. You can, but it's kind of like hockey. You have a puck line, but you usually will go money line unless it's drastic um, in terms of the juice. But Basketball is fun because you have these point differentials, which usually you would look at the point spread instead of money line, um, which I like to do because you can kind of dive deep and see how that line's moving based on, especially right now when guys are sick or they're hurt, just to see how drastic that line moves. That's fun. But player props also can be a little confusing. Like last night I had DeAndre Jordan, the net center, six and a half points. All I needed him was to have six and a half points. And he scored two where, you know, he he had hit that in five of the past six games. So it's every, every sports betting is going to be difficult. People always talk about locks they have. There's never a lock because you cannot predict what happens in sports. You just can't. There's always going to be upsets, upsets. There's always going to be players who just don't live up to what they've been producing. Um, So basketball is the easiest though, because you have the point spreads and you have the player props. And that's pretty simple in terms of stats to look at. Baseball, there are just way too many stats, and it seems like they added five more every season, like every month, it seems like. Uh, But baseball is fun because you can look at some easier ones to look at, strikeout props, just kind of see how that pitcher is doing, how he matches up to the lineup that you have for that day from the other team. Um, But, of course, that never goes right. Also, because I had Corbin Burns over nine and a half strikeouts the other day, and he had hit that in pretty much every game before that. And, of course, he misses by one strikeout because he falls apart in the six. And it's like, no one can predict that. So you don't really know. But I would say strikeout props are fun for baseball. Um, 
easiest. I'll say easiest. I would say if you haven't bet on baseball yet, just go either money line or like you mentioned, total runs over under um, and then pitchers kind of look out how the pitchers compare. It's hard because, I mean, baseball, you're going to have different lineups and different pitchers every day. And there's so many things to take into account in terms of weather and and field. Um, you could look at teams who have the most runs per game. It's, it's hard to say who's hot just because they could be hot. They could literally have a doubleheader and be hot one day. My computer's about to die. Be hot uh, in the first game and then fall apart in the second. So I would say, like, look at Cincinnati, Arizona. They're up there in most runs per game. Detroit's dead last in record and runs per game. Uh, so I'd say they're, like, the most unreliable. The Rockies are a little shaky as well. Oakland, my boys at Boston, they're both up there in terms of record. Um, but I would say, yeah, look, there's a lot of stats to look into. If you want specific stats, which, which I won't go over, like the Dodgers of second year leading in WRC plus, they're the top for Woba as well. Those are all things to take into consideration, which my guys will list them in our shows. And I'm like, I don't know if everyone really understands that. So I would say if you're just getting into basketball, look for player props, look for the point spread. It's easy. I don't love the totals because those are always kind of hard to hit. Um, Baseball, strikeout props, money line. Keep it simple. <laughs> look at records. Look out. Look at, you know, how many strikeouts the pitchers have in the past few games. Um, I would say it's very easy to get lost in baseball and it can be stressful because betting is stressful in general. So when you're adding all of these different uh, stats to look at, it's overwhelming, but betting's fun. So if you're not doing it, get into it as long as it's legal where you are. Definitely. So I'm, I'm a big kind of a big fan of the, of the strikeout props myself, but, but major league baseball, I'm, you know, just a, just a over under or money line kind of guy, but Claudia, thanks so much for, yeah. for coming on today. I know, You've had a, a lot of stuff going on over the past two weeks. So certainly appreciate you squeezing some time in and tell everybody they can find you on social media and, and how they can watch Lunch Money every day. You do an incredible job with that. And just really appreciate you coming on and hope to have you on again. Thanks, Bennett. Yeah, on Twitter, at TV on Instagram, ClaudiaBellafato underscore. And then Lunch Money airs every day at 1 p.m. Eastern on EliteSportsBetting.com. Awesome. Well, check out Claudia. She does an incredible job. And thanks so much to her for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.